was this boy? The one with the five loaves and the two fish. How old was he? Where was his mom? Where was his dad? Was there someone sick in his household? Did he pack the food up in the middle of the night and run away to try to see if Jesus could help? Or was he a little bit older and his mother packed the food for him because she herself was sick and she was hoping that if he got to know Jesus, that Jesus would pray for her? Who was this boy and why was he there? We know so little about him, but we do know that he felt generous. We know that at some point, walking along, he had talked with Andrew, one of the disciples, and, and somehow this boy had let it slip or bragged or told the disciple that he had this food. I have five loaves and two fish. And Andrew hadn't forgotten. So when they get to the top of this mountain and they sit down and they're looking over all these people, Jesus turns to Philip, a different disciple, and says, and I can imagine he's sort of laughing at Philip. He says, so where do you think all these people are going to eat? Now Jesus knew there was no McDonald's back then. No Taco Bell, no Chick-fil-A. Philip panics and says, oh my god, you're right. We don't have enough money to pay for the food for all these people, even if there was a place to buy it. Andrew, who overhears this discussion, says, I know that there's a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. Now, barley loaves were little round pieces of bread. We're not talking big sourdough or French bread. We're talking little. Bring it here, Jesus says. Bring it to me. When I was little, I got an allowance every week on Friday of 25 cents a quarter. And I had a ritual. I lived on Willow Street, a pretty busy street in New Haven, Connecticut, and I would walk from my house to the corner store. You didn't have to cross the street to walk from my house to the corner store. And the corner store had grape bubble yum. And every week, I would walk to the corner store, and I would spend my quarter, and I would get a pack of grape bubble yum. Now, I have never been a person to savor food or take time with it. Even to this day, I eat way too fast. And I remember that usually within an hour or two, the entire pack of bubble yum had been chewed. It wasn't very good for my teeth. But I loved it, and I felt rich with my pack of grape bubble yum. 
But something happened, and I don't know if it was after a year or two, but I began to really look around the corner store, and I realized there was a lot more there than bubble yum. I could have gotten a chocolate bar or other things they had, and I began to wish that I had more. And all of a sudden, that one pack of gum just wasn't quite enough. And that's how it begins, my friend. Our culture of addiction. We swim in it. We breathe its air. From early childhood on, you are told in so many ways that you need more. That you don't have quite enough because you don't have that particular kind of freezer bag that will freeze your food in the special way where it tastes better. Because you don't have the hair dryer that makes your hair look so silky and beautiful. Because although you have 25 dresses, you don't have that particular one that's going to make you look so thin. And so every morning we go into the bakery and we see this huge array of baked goods, right? We see the chocolate croissants and the muffins. And every morning we're reminded of all that we could have and that we want and that's made to look so beautiful in those good lights, but that we can't have because we don't have enough money, it would make us fat, I would fall asleep. And day in and day out, over and over again, you are made to feel that you're just a little bit empty if you don't have the particular product that someone is advertising. We are meant to feel empty, as if we never have enough, and it makes us ill. Every one of us battles some kind of addiction. Alcoholism is on the rise, drug addiction of course, but there are many other kinds if you find yourself always wanting more food when you don't need it, if you find yourself always wanting that, that loving relationship, always wanting better clothes, always wanting to look better, always wanting, 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 then we suffer from addiction. What is addiction? It is a disease in which you become convinced that you need more of something that you don't need more of. It is a disease in which you begin to believe that you're empty when you're not, when you have everything that you need. When you begin to take that which you don't need. When you begin to believe that without it, you're not full, you're not enough. You don't have enough time, you don't have enough love, you don't have enough attractiveness, you don't have enough food, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough whatever it is. 
enough people to like you. And you scramble always trying to find that something more that will make you happy. That is addiction. And we live in it. It makes us ill because it plays upon the very brokenness in which we were made. Remember in the Garden of Eden, what does the serpent say to Eve? He says, even though you have everything, even though you live in paradise, even though everything is perfect in your life, you need this fruit. You're not complete without it. You have to have it. It's that very same lie that fuels all addiction. That you don't have enough. When you do have enough. God has given you everything you need. Everything. My friend Mike Kinman is director of All Saints Church in Pasadena, California. When he was in college, he went on a mission trip to Kenya, and he lived with this family. They lived in a dirt hut. They had no furniture. They were never sure exactly what they would be eating or if they'd have something for dinner in the evening. They had a few plastic plates. But when they had food, they would cook it and they would sit on the ground in the dirt in a circle. They would share the food with him and the father in the family would always say a prayer of gratitude. He would say, thank you, Lord, that you give us this bread, this food. We are so grateful. We are so grateful to have this honored guest. We are so grateful to fill our bellies. Thank you. And as he was saying his grace one evening, Mike realized that this man sitting on this dirt floor with this circle of family was rich. He was rich in ways that Mike was not. Because Mike was always thinking of the things he didn't have. And this man was thinking about what he had. I don't know who that little boy was. I don't know why he followed Jesus, whether he ran away or whether he was sent. But I know one thing, that he felt rich that day. He felt blessed with what he had. And so he gave it. And when he gave it, well, that's when the miracle occurred. That's when the countercultural thing happened that can change our whole world. When someone gives to God, God multiplies it. I don't understand. I really don't. But I see it happen all the time. That when people are generous, they feel more generous and more abundant. And the blessings just start abounding. Jesus talks about it. He says, when you give, you will receive, and it will be pouring over. So this, these little barley loaves and these two fish, 
they're more than enough. You know, it's really a miracle that the church exists at all. We are incredibly countercultural. You know why? We don't charge anything. We're totally free. You can come here and worship, and we will not ask you for anything. We give you this worship, and we pray that you'll give back. And the miracle is that look at this beautiful building that believers have sustained through their generosity for so many years. You know, when the pandemic hit, our vestry started meeting every week on Zoom, and I was panicked. I reduced my salary. I reduced poor Bob's salary. No wonder what he's doing in interim somewhere else. <laughs> I was convinced that when the pandemic hit, you would stop being generous because you couldn't come. We got a PPP loan. But y'all never stopped giving. In fact, you gave more. You gave so much that last week at our vestry meeting, we decided that we were going to purchase a, a refrigerator van for Solzbacher so that they can transport food to the hungry in the heat. We were able to do this because it was enough. It was more than enough. I wonder what the world would look like if we stopped believing that we had a hole in ourselves that could be filled by Amazon or Home Depot or Calgon Shampoo. I wonder what the world would look like if all of us took our five loaves and our two fish and we said, this is enough. This is more than enough. I'm so thankful. I'm even going to give some of it away. What would our world look like? What would our lives look like? Did you know that you're rich? We all are. God says, I'm going to take care of you just like I take care of the sparrow, the lily. You're beautiful to me. I will give you everything you need. I already have. I already have. Amen.